0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Dylan Petemery, and welcome back to yet another episode of Top Shelf. The League Department of Player Safety has been quite busy this past week dealing fines and suspensions. We're getting closer to the trade deadline, and teams might need to start thinking about their futures with their players. As well, the struggling plane moved on and looked to make a comeback in the top four in the North. All this and more as we hop into another episode of Top Shelf all righty, everyone welcome to our 10th episode of top shelf thank you all for all of you who have been listening it's been so much fun to be able to just talk about hockey and let you all know my opinions and update you guys on the league and what's going on Um, Moving into a bit of more sad news, Walter Gretzky, the father of the great one Wayne Gretzky, passed away on Thursday at the age of 82. Walter was known as Canada's hockey dad, who was remembered as a kind, humble, and generous man by the Oilers organization. On Saturday, all of the Oilers players wore a helmet decal on their back, honoring Walter. At the Canucks versus Maple Leafs game, they held a moment of silence before the game in honor of Walter, and the Maple Leafs even spoke out Walter with their pregame puck pyramid. All the best goes to Wayne and the rest of the Gretzky family, and may Walter rest in peace. Moving into Canadian Canadian hockey team, the struggling Flames fired head coach Geoff Ward on Thursday and have replaced him with Daryl Sutter. Sutter had been the head coach from 2002 to 2006, and GM from 2003 to 2010 for the Flames, The Flames were just 11-11-2, placing them just ahead of the Senators in the North. Ward, who took over last year and led the Flames to the 8th seed, eventually losing out to the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference first round, becomes the second coach to be fired this year behind Claude Julien. Since beginning with the Flames, Sutter is 0-1-1. He has said they have the core to a Stanley Cup contender with a top-line center, D-man, and goalie, and they need to fill out the rest. Of the blueprints in order to get there. Um, I uh, was wondering what is killing this Flames team, and I think part of it might be the division alignment. The Flames are about mid park in every single category across the league, yet sit second to last in the North. The problem isn't that the the problem is that they aren't scoring enough for the North Division. The North Division has seemed to be one of the m- most lackluster in defense and high octane in offense um, with tons of goals and almost no defense. Mark Schoen isn't having the best of years yet. I don't think it's his fault. I think he's actually been playing quite well. I think that the Flames are lacking depth. Their third line isn't really the best. It's more of a hitting line, checking line, they like to call it, but their fourth line doesn't have much skill on it either so they're not really getting production from any of the bottom six which you kind of need in the league nowadays you can't just have well you could have a star player but you you always need that depth scoring at some point especially in the playoffs if you want to be a Stanley Cup team you got to have that bottom six but when they match up your top two lines you got to get that depth scoring um I also think they're missing a star player this season Sean Monahan and Johnny Goudreau just haven't neither one of them has stepped up to be that star player to lead this team in fact Elias Lindholm has been their best player on the team yeah he's been playing above his expectations but not to star level there's no player on the team that you go wow like oh my god I have to play that guy this game that, that just hasn't been the case for the Flames this year normally it's like Oh my god, I gotta go up against Johnny Goodreau. He's if I give him any spaces, he's gonna snipe one on me. Their scariest player is Kachuk, who's an animal out there, but isn't much to like. He hasn't played, he's played okay. He's played pretty much through his hand, But Goodrew or Monahan, or actually, in fact, both of them have to play amazing for this flame scene to be good. Um, if they could add a star player, that'd be great, but I really think they need to add that depth to their team I don't think they have the best bottom six at all the best player there is probably Backlund who centers their third line otherwise they got goons like Ronaldo and Cheech down there who are more just enforcers to help out your team who are necessary yet yeah, I don't I don't think they're really helping out the team down there I think the key is to try and get Goudreau and Sean Monaghan going the NHL has been busy this year dealing out suspensions. The most recent one, which came with Dante Fabro of the Nashville Predators, who got suspended for two games for an elbow to the head on Hurricanes forward Brock McGinn. Uh, when I went and looked back at this hit, uh, the hit was ultimately avoidable by Dante Fabro, and he could have just gone shoulder to shoulder. He brought his elbow up high and hit hit him right in the head it did did not look good luckily Brock McGinn was all right he did receive a two-minute minor in the game probably should have been a five-minute major Fabro had a hearing with the Department of Player Safety and it was determined today just came out that he would serve a two-game suspension which I think is reasonable Um, and you could argue it could be more but I think two games is good especially for Fabro who hasn't really had that history of going for dirty hits and stuff like that. Unlike the next player, we're going to be talking about Tom Wilson, who also received the suspension for boarding on Bruins' Brandon Carlo. Now, he did not receive any in-game penalty in play throughout the remainder of the game. Brandon Carlo actually had to be brought to the hospital. Luckily, he's been brought out. Uh, He had some concussion symptoms. Uh, He hasn't come back and skated with the team yet. They'll probably keep him and evaluate him. Tom Wilson received a seven-gauge suspension by the Department of Player Safety. And while the hit, when I I look back at it, um, it might not have been the easiest one for him to avoid clocking him in the head with a high hit. But this is Wilson's fifth suspension since 2017, so I think it's it's just for him to serve that length of a suspension. While I'm not sure if it was as bad as Fabro's, this is re- repetitive and you just can't take that as the NHL. Wilson is a scary player out there on the ice, and when he connects, it's gonna hurt. And especially he hit Brandon Carlos six foot five in the head like that really just shouldn't be happening um we don't we don't want to see a guy repetitively injuring people that's why i think the seven game length is right for him even though faber might have had a worse hit and a more avoidable hit wilson while being that scary grinder type of guy he's he's much more than that to the capitals uh he is quite some amazing skills just a top six player in their lineup and they really need him to stay out of trouble and out of the penalty box if they want to win another cup he's going to be a key contributor there Wilson a player who every team hates to play against but if you've got a player like Tom Wilson on your team you absolutely love him but he really just has to try and stay out of trouble and away from the suspensions and Any more suspensions could be dangerous to Tom Wilson, and even if they're not the worst, repeating repetitive offenses are going to get you suspended more and more games. Keeping up with the Capitals, who currently sit second in the East, they have been blessed by the performances of their rookie goalie tandem of Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek. The original plan this offseason for the Washington Capitals was they were moving on from Braden Holtby moved over to Vancouver, hasn't had the best season there, and allows Samsonov to take over as a starting role, which I think was the right idea. And they had planned uh, to back Samsonov up with goalie Henrik Lundqvist until that plane kind of went south because of Lundqvist's heart problem. It's still unsure whether or not he's actually going to come back, but Samsonov, who missed significant time due to COVID protocols, left the door open for Vanacek, who is 11-5-3 this season with a .904 save percentage and 2.88 goals against. Samsonov is 3-0-1 and nine oh seven save percentage and 2.45 goals against since coming back. While both goalies look great, they could be questioned on this experienced team and has been asked Do the Capitals need a third goalie? Now, when it comes to playoffs, how much confidence do you have in your rookie netminder who has no playoff experience? Do you really think you can win a cup with a rookie tender? It has drawn comparisons to Jordan Bennington, who managed to do so. However, he did have Jake Allen to back him up. And kind of help him out and if he was having an off game you had that goalie, you could just throw in and you know he would be good if one rookie doesn't work out for you can you just throw the other one in no problem he'll be able to pick it up or like i i don't know what you do here because i'm assuming they're going to stick with even though Vitek took has had a great year i i think they're going to try and go with sam Snov. he seems to be their goalie of the future if he goes into the playoffs, let's say they don't make any trades, they go into the playoffs with him. He does good in the first round. Second round, he starts to struggle. And now you, you're you going to throw right on in there. You're going to throw in Vantage, who hasn't had any playoff experience, hasn't played for the past couple of games, and you think he's going to be okay. I'm not sure if that, that would be the right thing. I think I, the idea might be looming in Washington's head as we get closer to the trade deadline. Targeting a veteran goalie who only has one year left on their contract, and they would most likely need it to be one year because they're with their cap situation. They're going to need the other team to retain a lot of the salary because they don't have a lot of cap cap space. You're looking at goalies like Antti Ranta, Jonathan Bernier, or James Reimer, not to necessarily start. They're going to keep Elias Samson up probably as their starter. But you'd be looking for that backup tender who if you need to throw in for a game or two or give that rookie goaltender some advice in the playoffs that you, you have there to help out your rookie goalie. And you're not just going in with two rookies. Now, I, d- I don't know where the Henry Lundqvist situation sits. I, I doubt he will come back this year. So I think really Washington at some point, maybe they make it at the latest possible time. Maybe they wait till the trade deadline. Maybe if someone else gets injured, I don't know. They do have Craig Anderson on their team. Craig Anderson is not good and nor does he have a lot of experience. So I, I do see them possibly um, going after a goaltender, a veteran goaltender with one year left on their contract. The final thing we're going to be talking about with the capitals is Alexander Ovechkin. Now, I'm not going to be talking about his foolish act on Trent Frederick. We're going to move past that and talk about what he is known for, and that's his scoring. Ovi, who scored his 714th goal this past Saturday, now sits just three behind the great Phil Esposito on the scoring list, who is sixth all-time. Now, Ovi, in my opinion, no matter where he finishes in the goal standings all-time, I, th- I think he's the greatest scorer of all time, even though I'm not the biggest fan of comparing players of different generations just because of how much the sport has changed. It was definitely easier to score back then than now with how trained boys are and their equipment in the lower scoring games. Ovechkin now sits 180 goals behind the great one and I do think that he has a chance to catch him. Obviously the shortened season will hurt his chances a bit but he could do it and Ovechkin is getting older sitting at 35, so you might think, I don't know if he can keep up this rate. I think it's like 0.611 goals per per game. I believe it's something around there. Um, And I think if he plays four more seasons, he would need about 45 goals a year, including making the playoffs, where if he stays with the Washington Capitals, shouldn't be a problem. That's another story about his contract. They haven't agreed on a contract yet, but they also haven't started talking about it. And Ovecine seems, seems completely open to staying with the Capitals, so that shouldn't be a problem. But I think 45 goals a season for the next four years, I think that's very doable for the grade eight. Um, it's all its all going to fall on to if he can stay healthy. As long as O'Reilly's managed to do that in his career, staying healthy, I think that's the biggest thing of why he can reach it. He just has, to, hopefully... Stay healthy, knock on wood, that he stays healthy. Um, And while you might think that, oh, he's going to slow down, he's not going to be that fast skater with amazing hands, he he doesn't need that. He has the best shot ever. He's not going to lose his shot. He can basically be counted on for 20 goals a year just from the power play. If if you watch the Washington Capitals power play, just look at Ovi the entire time. He just, he basically doesn't need to move. He sits like just above the, the circle right there on the left half boards, just waiting for a one-timer. He just asks for it, rips a shot, and he scores it. And he's, he's basically guaranteed 20 goals just from that one spot on the power play. So I don't think it should be an issue. And I really hope that we get to see and break Gretzky's record because that's something people thought m- might never, ever be broken. And the fact that we could get to see it would be amazing. Obviously, it'll take a couple years, but I think, I think Ovechkin's going to do it. Matthew Barzell has candidate for goal of the year after his amazing between the legs goal. He scored against Hutton and the, the Sabres. Go give it a look if you haven't seen. He bodied off wrist alignment of and held him off faked to the backhand and then went between the legs and scored. It was absolutely nasty. Barzell, who has nine goals and 14 assists, leading the Islanders with 23 points is a big part of why they sit atop of the East division. Uh, Barzell, who was questioned whether or not he'd stay there, looks to be fitting in quite nicely and might look to stay with the New York Islanders on time after they thought maybe he'd be getting moved to another team. News with the Chicago Blackhawks, who oh, Kirby Doc practiced with the time uh, excuse me, Kirby Doc practiced with the team for the first time on Monday uh, since he broke his right wrist in the pre-tournament of the world juniors for the team of Canada. He had surgery on December 29th and was expected to be out for somewhere like four to five months. Uh, he's gonna travel with the team on their six game road trip, uh, but not expecting him to play. He's just gonna be with them so he can be skating, moving and practicing with the team. There's no intention of them rushing back the 20 year old who's young. They don't wanna risk any re-injury or anything like that, especially for a man of his potential and just how young he is. Um, The centerman played in his rookie season last year. He had 64 games and put up eight goals and 15 assists for the team uh he could be looking to play closer to the end as chicago is still in the race and trying to make a playoff push uh doc was a great talent that they thought they were going to have this season and lost him along with they also lost jonathan teams hence why they thought they were going to be just in a rebuild year and not contending but now now with them can contending they're trying to make the playoffs if that push does get a little closer in there where you think they might bring back doc just to have that extra firepower. He can play either center or right wing. I know Kane has been doing well with Pius Suter up there. So maybe you throw him down there on the second line, but regardless, Carby doc could be a great secondary scorer for them if they need it and making that playoff push. In other news with the Blackhawks, defenseman Brent Seabrook has retired due to an injury with his right hip. He took out an ad and said, quote, thank you for letting a 20 year old kid from Western Canada call this city home for my entire 15 year National Hockey League career. Thank you for allowing me to play the game I love in front of you. Thank you for accepting my family and me as a part of your community. Thank you for all the cheers and the energy, the cups, the parades, the memories, This may be goodbye for now, but Chicago will forever be my home and I will always be a Blackhawk. To the best fans in all of sports, I say again, thank you. Seabrook said this and took it out and said thank you to all of the Chicago fans. He was drafted 14th overall by Chicago back in 2003. He was a part of that Blackhawks dynasty winning three Stanley Cups. He ranks third in all times games with the Chicago Blackhawks with 1,114. He had 103 goals and 361 points as well with that team. Finally, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won this 2020 Stanley Cup, are expected to raise their banner in front of their fans on Saturday in what they're calling the, the reopening for their arena where fans are finally welcomed back at limited capacity, of course. They are expected to raise the banner up in front of all of their fans. While the banner had been revealed at their home opener this season, they wanted to wait for the fans to be able to raise it all the way up and get the right ceremony and appreciation that the team deserves as they put it up into the rafters. And so to close out today's episode, of course, we will have my three stars and your league leaders. So going right on in, coming in at number three, speaking of the Tampa Bay Lightning, is Victor Hedman. He had a goal and four assists for five points and was a plus one in the Lightning's past four games where they are 3-0-1. Hedman leads all defensemen in points and looks to be on track for a season as one of the best defensemen in the league and a big reason why the Tampa Bay Lightning have had such great success this year. And in the past, at number two is Ricard Raquel, who had four goals and four assists for eight points and a plus four in the past four games for the Ducks. They are two, one and one in those past four, and Raquel now has 19 points on the year. However, it doesn't seem like there's much that he can do to help out with this struggling Ducks team who sits last in the West. And finally, at number one is Aaron Ekblad, who had three goals and four assists for seven points and a plus two in the Panthers' last four games where they are three and one. Ekblad, who is the top D-man for the Panthers, has been a key part to helping them get to where they are right now, sitting third in the Central, a team that I can completely counted out and thought had no chance of making the playoffs this year has completely surprised me and Eckblatt has been a great reason why leading them on that deep pair one uh, great offensive player as well a great defensive player good power play quarterback for them he comes in at number one for my start of the week now the league leaders where Connor McDavid. Surprise, surprise, still leads assists and points with 30 assists and 45 points. Austin Matthew leads the league with 20 goals. is currently dealing with a wrist injury, which was said to kind of hindering his shot right now, but we'll see how he can keep up with that. Kirill Kaprizov still sits atop with rookies, has 19 points. Peter Mrazek of the Carolina Hurricanes leads in goals against with 0.99 and a save percentage of 0.955. And Mark andre Fari, who's been having a phenomenal season, stands alone for shutouts with four. Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning will round out our league leaders standing on top of the league with 16 wins leading all goalies. So that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening to our 10th episode. So happy we've gotten to this milestone. Maybe we can make it to a hundred. Who knows? Hopefully you guys stick out with me. We discussed about the firing the second coach this year. We'll keep track and look to see if any other teams look to fire their coach and move on. Uh, We saw some suspensions happen and keeping the, close eye on Ovi's chase at Gretzky, which will take some time, but I think it's interesting. And I think he, I really think he can do it. We talk about so much more. I can't wait for next episode. Make sure to follow me here on Spotify. I'll catch you all next week for another episode of Top Shelf.